0: Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Give yourself a hand because you didn't oversleep. It's Daylight Savings Weekend, and you made it here. So great job. And if you're our guest, if this is your first time, or if you're watching online for the first time, we want to welcome you. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we're excited that you are with us. We're kicking off this brand new series of conversations. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about the art of neighboring, And this idea that we're called to know, love, and serve our neighbors. You know, when you stop and think about it, we're surrounded, many of us, by friendships and by these kind of surface connections. You go to Facebook or Instagram, Snapchat, social media, and there's all of these people surrounding us. And even in our life, we're always going, and there seems to be, you know, crowds and connections everywhere, but many times we can feel isolated in those And we can miss out on the people that God has placed right around us. And so in this series, we want to look at God's word. How do we become a good neighbor? How do we impact those that are literally the closest to us day in and day out in our lives? And what does God's word say about that? And so I know it's going to be a great series over the next few weeks as we look at this. And that's what we're going to be talking about is how do we do that and what does God's word say? So we're going to start by looking at the scripture. If you have your Bible this morning, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to start reading at verse 25. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you. It's that blue book. And you can turn to page 506 in that Bible and follow along with us. And I want to encourage everyone to open up the scripture and let's look at what God's word is saying here. And once you have that, go ahead and hold on to that for just a moment. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, hold that for just a moment. In case you're new to church or new to reading the Bible, I want to explain a little bit of what's going on and four people that we see in this story that'll help us understand the story a little bit better. The first person is Jesus. He's one of the central characters in the Bible. This is God's son, and he's the one that's giving instruction. He's teaching in this moment. Jesus came, and he's teaching God's people about what it's like to live in right relationship with God and also right relationship with other individuals. And so he's one of the people we see. The next group is a group of religious leaders. So these are Pharisees and Sadducees, if you've ever seen their name in the Bible. Sometimes they're called scribes or lawyers, and these were the religious individuals. Many times these people felt like they were on the inside of God's circle, and everyone else was on the outside. They kind of felt this responsibility many times to tell other people, hey, they were sinners, God didn't want anything to do with them. They were very prideful and very religious in the way that they interacted with others. The third group is the crowd. These are the, this is the audience that would follow Jesus around. Jesus taught in the nation of Israel, so these are Jewish people, but many times they were looked on as sinners by, once again, the religious elite or the religious leaders. And then you have the outside of the outside. These were the Samaritans. They lived in the area, but they were hated by the Jewish people, and they were outcasts in their society. One of the worst things that you could say about someone was that they were a Samaritan, And they were despised. It was because of their nationality. They were half from Jewish descent and half from Assyrian or Babylonian descent. And because of that, those that were strictly Jewish, that were um, from the lineage of of David and Abraham, this Jewish descendants, they despised other people that were not like them. And so they hated them. And we're going to see that kind of play out in the story here that we're going to read. And so this is where the conversation, we pick it up. In Luke chapter 10, verse 25, this is what it says. And behold, a lawyer, a religious person, stood up to put Jesus to the test. And he said, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down the road from Jerusalem, or from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, he came and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came, and when he was there, he saw him and had compassion. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine over him. And then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn to take care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Jesus said, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor To the man who fell among robbers, the lawyer answered the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. What's going on in this story that we find out here in the Bible? Well, even if you've not been around church for a while, you may have heard the term Good Samaritan. You may even be familiar with the story. It's a pretty well-known story of this kind man who's going along the road and he sees someone who's hurt and who's beaten and he stops and he assists him. But this story actually begins and where we want to start is a few verses before the story of the Good Samaritan. And what takes place is there's this religious individual, this lawyer who stands up while Jesus is teaching in a setting like this. He just stands up in the midst of the crowd and he says, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? That seems like a really good question. It seems like kind of a spiritual question, like this man wants to know more about God. And so he stands up and he asks asks this question, but we quickly find out that his heart is in a very different place. Because he's not really after the truth. We find out he's really after looking right. He's religious. He wants everyone to see him. He wants everyone to know that he knows the right answers, that he knows the law of God. He knows the right thing to say. And so he wants to be seen by everyone in the group. But Jesus quickly calls him on that when he exposes his heart and says, hey, what is God's word says? And he says, you love God. You love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, go and do Likewise. Hey, you need to go and do that. What you've just said, begin to live that out. The religious person knew he wasn't doing that. He told everyone around him how they were on the outside. He wasn't interacting with the people that he was standing up in the midst of the crowd with. And all of a sudden, now his heart is being exposed. And so, to justify himself, to make himself look right, he says, Okay, Jesus, really, who is my neighbor? Like, you're telling me I have to love that guy and I have to love that person. Like, I really have to show kindness to them. I I don't want to do that. And quickly, we see the heart of this lawyer that he's just wanting to make himself look right. And as I thought about this, I thought, you know what? Sometimes I'm like that and you're like that. We're not really after the truth sometimes. Sometimes we just want to look right. And If you're trying to prove you're right, you may be in the wrong. If you're trying to prove you're right, you may be in the wrong. Whenever we're looking at God's commandment and God's word, if we're just trying to justify our behavior like, well, God, I really can't love everyone. Who is it that I actually have to show kindness to? Who is it that I have to get to know? Who is it that I have to stop and take care of? When we're asking those kinds of questions and just justifying ourselves, we're probably in the wrong place at that moment. Like the lawyer, he was just wanting to look good. He didn't really wanna live this out. And you guys, this is the greatest commandment. God's word says this, that everything that is written in the Bible, it hangs on these two things, on loving God and loving others. Everything that is written in the law is really about this loving God and loving others. How are we doing that? And this guy just wants to make himself look okay. Kids are amazing at this. You guys have probably heard me share. We have a large family. We have eight kids. And this is spring break weekend, so I know it's going to happen this weekend or this week. I know it happens many times. Of We're driving somewhere, right? The kids are playing in the backyard. We're at the house, wherever we're at. We're, we're in the car, and they start to fight with one another. And they argue. If you've been around kids, you've seen this happen, right? And all of a sudden, arguing becomes physical, like someone pushes someone, someone pinches someone, and I do what parents do best. I yell at my kids, stop it right now, Right? We're not going to go somewhere we're not going to go get food we're going to turn this car around whatever it is and then all of a sudden it gets quiet and i'm super dad in that moment i have done my job right and it's quiet for a few minutes until one of them yells out ouch sophie will yell ouch and i'll say what happened i told you to keep your hands to yourself and she'll say aiden kick me and aiden will say well dad i didn't hit her okay I didn't touch it right. I didn't push. I didn't pinch. It was my feet. It wasn't my hands. Kids are experts at this, right? They can find the loophole. And we don't get rid of this whenever we move um, as kids into adulthood. We still have this. And many times that's how we approach God. And that's how we approach his word is we want to look right. We don't want to live the right way. We don't want to do the very simple things. That's what Jesus is telling this young man. Go and do this. Live this out. And this will be life to you. This will be life-giving inside of you. But that's not really what he wants. He wants everyone to look at him and think the right things about him. He doesn't want to actually live this out. And many times we need to examine our hearts. Because if I'm just trying to prove that I'm right, I may be in the wrong position like this lawyer found himself in. And Jesus begins to challenge him. You have to put this into practice. This can't be an idea of knowing your neighbor, right? This can't be an idea of just fictitiously loving the people around you. You actually have to do something with this. You have to put this into practice inside of your life. And this religious person did not want to actually live this out. And that's where this whole series starts at is in your heart. Where's your heart at this morning? When it comes to God's word, do you want to just come in here and, hey, I look like a Christian, I look like a church person, I, I show up on Sunday mornings, I kind of sit through the message, or are you willing to put into practice what God's word challenges us to do? Once again, the greatest commandments that we know and that we love and serve those people that are right around us that God has placed closest in our life. And so we start this morning simply by asking that question God, where is my heart in all of this, Lord? Where am I at in this situation and in this scenario, God? Am I just trying to look the part? Am I just trying to look right? Or am I willing to actually put into practice what your word has challenged me? And then we get into the story, this idea of interacting with those that are close to us. And when he asks that, who is my neighbor? Jesus, who is it that I really need to love? Jesus tells a story to help explain this. And this is what he says. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers and they stripped him and beat him and they left him half dead and now by chance a priest was going down the road and when he saw him pass or when he saw him he passed by on the other side and a levite did the same thing saw him and passed by on the other side this was the point in the story where everyone assumed at the beginning when they first heard priest oh this is the religious person right They know God's law. They know what the word of God says. Of course, they're going to be the one that stops. And Jesus is going to tell us, yeah, that's what it's like to be your neighbor. But both of these people pass by on the other side. And we miss this when we read the story. But that's the moment when the crowd would have probably broke out in laughter. It was ironic because the road to Jerusalem, um, to Jericho, wasn't like 635. It wasn't an eight-lane highway where people are just flying down the road. It wasn't even like East Glen right out here in front of the church where it's four lanes and there's a median in the middle. This is a small, mountainous, winding country road. And so literally at times through most of the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, it's so, nin- it's so thin and it's so narrow that... It- You could barely just walk by. You were almost brushing either up against the mountain or you were right near the edge. And so you would have seen in your mind this guy passing by, this priest or this Levi. It's not like you're walking on the other side of the road. It's like you're edging up against the mountain. Can you picture that? You're trying not to touch the guy. They would have almost had to step over him in order not to touch him or in order to ignore this man that is half beaten on the road. And it's ironic that these two religious individuals, that they're the ones that just step over him and just go along their way. And we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, the person that does stop and what that says about my life. But before we start to point fingers and think, man, how can those religious people do that? How can they they act that way? They saw that man that was hurting. We do that all the time, you guys, right? We get in our vehicles early in the morning. We hit the garage door opener button. We pull out in our vehicles. We drive down the street. And then when we come back, what do we do? The exact same thing. And we never interact with those that are closest to us. You and I, we're guilty of this. We open the curtains, right? Make sure no one else is out there because we don't want to get stuck in a conversation with the awkward neighbor or the weird person down the street. We quickly run out to the mailbox, get our mail, come back in. We edge by the people that live around us all the time. Now, you're probably not going to see a half-dead person laying on your road. If you live in a bad neighborhood, maybe you will. But for most of us, that's not our story. That's not what happens. But we do this, right? We walk by people that we live next to, that are in our apartment complex, that are the house across the street. And many of us have never ventured to have a conversation with them. We just kind of awkwardly wave at them or maybe give them a quick hi whenever we're going about our day. You guys, we live in a society, we build eight and 10 foot privacy fences just so no one can see us when we're in our backyard. We are obsessed with this idea of blocking other people out and not interacting with those that God has placed closest to us in our lives. And that's where this man was. And Jesus is looking at him, trying to expose the heart issue in this story is, hey, do you really want to know what life is? Do you really believe what you're saying, that eternal life, that God's word says to love your neighbor? Because if you do, then you should go and do something about that. You should interact with the people that are right there. And he uses kind of this extreme, these religious people that are almost walking over this dead man to get the point of cross of, hey, your neighbor is the person that's right there by you. You guys, it's the person that's right there on your street. It's the individuals that live close to you. And we're good at making excuses. The Levite, the priest probably had a lot of excuses. If they were to touch a person that was bleeding, it was considered unclean. And if they were going to the temple of God, then they were gonna become unclean. They couldn't do a lot of the things that they were supposed to do. They had a lot of excuses. We make a lot of excuses. Well, Pastor Aaron, I watched the news And I know that person is a drug dealer in that house down the street. There's always cars pulling up. It's kind of scary. I don't know what's gonna happen if I walk up and knock on their door. Are they gonna try to sell me weed? I don't know what's gonna take place, right? And so we make these excuses. What if they're a weirdo? What if they're awkward, right? What if I just wanna talk to them for five minutes and they suck me into a two-hour conversation you know, about everything in their life? Like We make all of these excuses to not do what God's word says. I was reading this book this week about the art of neighboring, and it was talking about how we've lost this in America over the past few decades. We don't do this as well as we used to. And it told the story of a group of about 20 pastors in Denver, Colorado, and they invited the mayor to this luncheon that they were having. And over the course of about an hour, an hour and a half, they were talking to the mayor, and they said, hey, we want you to help us identify what are some of the problems. And They identified alcohol and drug abuse. They identified at-risk kids that were at risk from dropping out of school, the elderly that were shut into their homes and didn't have resources. And at the end, one of the pastors stood up, and he said, hey, um, Mr. Mayor, what do you think we could do? We've got a lot of churches here. There's a lot of influential people in the room. What's the biggest thing that we could do to make a difference in our city. And the mayor looked at them and said, I wonder if you guys could challenge your church just to be a community of good neighbors. Not to give to some government program, not some other kind of initiative that we need. Could we all just choose to be good neighbors? And when the mayor left, one of the pastors that was heading it up said, You guys, I'm so ashamed because it took some outside person to remind us, hey, what if we did what the Bible said? He's like, it took the leader of our city, we've got this whole room of pastors, and yet it took someone on the outside to remind us, yeah, this is one of the greatest things that God's word says. And what if we just started following the Bible? What if we just started by obeying the simple truth of God's word and what it commands us to do, to know and to love and to serve those that are right around us? What if we simply practice this? And he said, how are we missing this as the church? So many times we want this big kind of show. We want this big effort when really it's as simple as getting outside of our house, getting outside of our comfort zone, maybe going across the street, going across the walkway there in your apartment and knocking on the door and introducing yourself. What if we begin to just actually live out what God's word is challenging us to do and what He's calling us to. See, it's easy to make all those excuses. It's easy to try to justify ourselves. It's easy to try to make ourselves look right. The question is, will you actually obey what God's word says? Will you do this and begin to live out and see the impact that happens when we know those that God has placed right around us? And so we're challenging each other that we want to do this this week. Some of you may know those, and some of you, you may not know your neighbor at all, but what I want to challenge you to do is that we would simply do what God's word says, that we would go and do likewise. And we're going to start by this simple act of just getting to know the people that God has placed right around us in our neighborhood. And by doing that, here's what's going to happen is I'm challenging you to do that. We've heard from God's word, right? And so you're going to walk out of this place and think, yeah, that makes sense. We should do that. This is what God's word says. We're going to do that this week. And then you're going to get home from work, and you're going to be tired, and the kids are going to be going crazy, right? And you're going to think, I don't have time to do this. And God's spirit's going to remind you, hey, you're called to know your neighbor, and you're going to want to freeze. I can't do it. It's going to be too weird. It's going to be awkward. I don't know what to say. So we're going to take all of that away because we're going to practice that in this room this morning, okay? We're going to make this super safe in this room. We've done this from time to time, but we want to get kind of the jitters. We want to get it out. Okay. And so we've got some conversation pieces that we're going to have you have right here in this room. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get up, not to just turn to the person you came with, right? And to go meet someone maybe new that you don't know, or maybe you just know their name and you're going to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm your neighbor. And I usually sit over there. Don't do that this week whenever you walk across the street, that's going to sound weird, okay? But you can do that this morning. Hi, I'm your neighbor. I I sit over there. I usually sit in the front or the back and ask them their name and then ask them what they do. Are they a stay-at-home parent? Are they retired? Do they work a job? Are they a student? Just ask them a little bit about themselves. Um, You can ask them how long they've lived here, if they grew up in the area, if they moved from somewhere else. Let me tell you this week, don't make it creepy. Don't ask, do you live here alone? Do you have a security system? That's going to be way weird, okay? So we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it this morning. We're not going to do it this week. And then you're going to create a question to show them you've listened. So if someone says, well, I grew up in Alaska, ask them, did you wrestle a polar bear? What have you ever done, right? So just make it creative on your own. You come up with the question, okay, we want to do this. This is a safe place. This is super easy. And you guys, we don't wanna be a church that just hears God's word and then we don't do anything with it. We want to practice this. And so we're gonna do that this morning. So I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and stand to your feet, okay? This is a safe place. Go ahead and stand up. And we're gonna take about four minutes. We're gonna put a timer up there, two minutes each. Just look at someone across the room right now. Find that person, maybe someone you don't know that well. Move out of your seats and have a conversation. Those questions are up on the screen. I always know when we do this, once I get you talking, it's so hard to get you to stop again. So our sanctuary hosts, they're helping us right now. They're going to begin to hand these out right here. And hopefully everyone in the room, you were able to participate. I don't think I saw anyone just kind of by themselves. Hopefully you were able to have a conversation. And it can be as simple as that. You can take those exact same things that we had up there just introducing yourself, asking someone what they do, um, what their occupation is like, how long they've lived there, and just having a simple conversation. That's what we want you to do this week. Once again, we don't want to just hear God's word. We want to put this into practice. And so this is a simple map of your neighborhood. I know your neighborhood may not look like this. You may live in an apartment complex or something, but we want you to fill this out you're right here in the center, okay? So that's a free, that's an easy one. You know who that person is. You write your name there, okay? And if that's where you have to start, that's totally fine. That may be the only person you know. But by the end of this week, we want you to take this and however you need to turn it sideways or be like, I live on the corner there, we want you to fill in as many of these as you can, your neighbors that are around you. And during the course of these three weeks, we want you to keep that on your refrigerator. Maybe we're going to challenge each other over the over the next few weeks to do different things, to continue to engage in those relationships. But we're going to start here with this Sunday, this week of just getting to know the people that God has placed in our lives. So let me also tell you this, you could be here and maybe you're a social person, you're a friendly person, you know other people, and you could quickly fill those in. And you could think, okay, I'm done this week, right? Like, I know the people around me. Let me go ahead and mark that off. I can come back next week and say, say that I did that, but that's not upholding the challenge we're giving you. We want you to venture out intentionally this week. And even if you know them, just have a conversation, okay? Just talk to them. It can be a few minutes, okay? We're not asking you at this point, you know, to open up your home to invite everyone in, but something simple of just walking across the street, right, going to that door next to you and knocking on it and introducing yourself and having a conversation with that person. And so I want to challenge you, do this. Don't let this fall in the seat, in between the seats of your car, right? Don't let it get underneath the seats there. Just toss it to the side. Really take this, put it somewhere where you're going to remember and Let's get to know the people that God has placed around us. Church, I wanna challenge you with this idea. This is where we're starting at. One of the greatest impacts, one of the greatest commands that God has given us is to love him, everything inside of us, our heart, our mind, our soul, everything that we are, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And I think that that starts right with what we're doing this week. We want to get to know the people that God has placed around us. And we're going to talk about that more over the next upcoming weeks, over the next few weeks. But there are people, they're not physically hurting, but they're spiritually hurting around you. And we don't want to be the religious person that kind of just edges by them, that ignores those issues. We want to get to know those that God has placed in our life. And we're going to start right where we've lived at, right where God has placed us, right in the home that we have. And we're going to introduce ourselves and we're going to have conversations with those that are around us.